You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. yourself someone who believes in Jesus Christ. You think you're probably better than me, so I want to see you mess up. I want to see you make that mistake so I can say, aha, and you call yourself a Christian. They're watching you. People watch. People are waiting. And they may make fun of you. And they may call you names. They may say horrible things about you. But I got news for you. If they believe that you're a Christian, the first time they get in problem, you'll hear somebody, uh, 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 could you pray for me? They'll come to you. When trouble comes to them because they're watching you. Being a witness for Jesus is way more than passing out tracts or standing on a street corner telling people about Jesus. It's about living your life in a way that pleases Him. Elisha was a man who was pleasing God in how he lived. And as Pastor Dave will be teaching, this difference was noticed by people that saw Elisha. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 2 Kings chapter 4 as he continues his message. Elisha, a worker of miracles. You are Elijah told the woman to take what she had, one jar of oil. She offered everything she had. She gave everything she had. This is all I have. You can have it. You can have it. You can do what you need to do it. And then he poured out his faith and her faith into the borrowed vessels. As she did this, the oil miraculously kept pouring out from the vessel until the borrowed vessels were filled. And at the end of it, she had a lot of oil. He had a lot of oil. Well, she probably looked around like, where's all this oil coming from? Reminds you of the woman that we studied in Elijah. He noticed that Elijah made her do this. It's important that Elijah didn't do the work for her. Elisha made her do it, made her step out in faith and do the work. Elisha wasn't an enabler. He didn't do the work for her. That's okay. You sit there, honey. I'll collect all the vessels and we'll get all this. No, he said, you go collect the vessels and then we'll start pouring oil. So she does this. He put her in the place where she had to trust God herself. The original vessel of oil, as I said, was small and only meant for anointing. It means as she distributed, it just kept on pouring out and pouring out and pouring out and pouring out. What can you tell me about the vessel? What was important about the vessel? What had to happen with the vessel? It had to be empty. The vessel had to be empty so that God could fill it. We need to be empty vessels so God can fill us. Well, what are we supposed to empty ourselves of? Well, I'm supposed to empty myself of my pride. I'm supposed to empty myself of my self-worthiness. I'm supposed to empty myself of everything and allow God to fill me up. We come to the Lord as empty vessels. We sang it in the hungry song. Empty, I come to you, and you fill me up. You fill me up to overflowing. When we come to the Lord as empty vessels, he pours his Holy Spirit into us, and we're overflowing, and out of our innermost being comes torrents of living water. As we emptied ourselves to the Lord, and we become empty vessels, fill us pleased. But unlike the woman, when she came to end of the vessel, Her oil ran out. The Holy Spirit never runs out. 
He wants to continue to pour out of you constantly. Ephesians 5.18, be filled with the Holy Spirit. We've talked about this before. The Greek letters mean, be ye being filled. It's a constant filling. It's a constant filling of the Holy Spirit, a constant outpouring. As you use it, you get more. Just like the woman. As she poured it out, one vessel, two vessels, three vessels, four, they kept on coming. It's the same thing. As we use it, we get more. The oil stopped flowing when there are no more vessels. The oil did not fall on the ground. It simply flowed out as needed. It was intended for a prepared vessel. The vessel had to be prepared. Had to be prepared to see it. When you come to a Bible study, when you come to church on Sunday morning, are you prepared? Do you do something other than fight with your spouse or your friends or your family on your way to church? Do you do something when you get, you're prepared to receive the word of God? We should come with expecting hearts. We should come expecting God to speak to us. We should come expecting God to show us something or touch our hearts in some way. Because we all have various needs. We all have needs that need to be met. Whether it be a need for healing, a need for restitution, a need for forgiveness, whatever it may be. But we need to come prepared. We need to come prepared. If you're doing this just because it's Sunday or Wednesday night, are you doing it for the right reason? We love the fact that you're here, and I want you here. I really do. But we need to be prepared. Our hearts need to be prepared just like these vessels were prepared to receive the Holy Spirit. Our hearts need to be prepared. They had to be gathered. They had to be assembled. They had to be emptied. And they had to be put in the right position so the oil could come into them. When there was no more prepared vessel, the oil stopped. Remember they had to dig ditches? And the amount of the work that they dug was the amount of water that came. The same type of principle that's happening here. If she'd have collected a billion vessels, a billion vessels would have been filled with oil. The more ditches they dug, the more water would have come. Elisha says to the woman, now sell the oil, pay for your debt. I like that. So I sat here for a while, not too long, before I realized We're like that woman. We're just like that woman. We have a debt we couldn't pay, and we were in bondage. We were in servitude to sin. Our father, Satan, had us working hard for his needs. But Jesus Christ came along, and he paid for that debt. He paid for that debt in full with his blood. And we've been blood-bought. We've been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. We now belong to him. And he bought us and redeemed us so that he could set us free. So that he could release us from the debt of sin, from the debt that we had to pay, because the wages of sin is death. And he released us from that. And now we can walk freely knowing that we're going to have eternal life through him because he did what we couldn't do. Elisha and God did for this woman what she couldn't do for herself. They paid the debt. Christ did for us what we couldn't do. He paid the debt from sin. And I love that. Amen, you bet. Amen and amen and amen, absolutely. So we look at that and we see this beautiful picture of this woman and how Elisha is pouring his heart out upon her, but knowing that God is doing a mighty work. So he does this miracle. And then in the next section, in verses 8 through 37, we come to the Shunammite woman. I love this story too. I love the story of the Shunammite woman. I really, really do. And she's going to come back as we get further on in 2 Kings. And she's going to come back. But this picture of the Shunammite woman is pretty cool. Let's read verses 8 through 12. 
Now it happened one day that Elisha went to Shuman, where there was a notable woman, and she persuaded him to eat some food. So it was, as often as he passed by, he would turn in there to eat some food. And she said to her husband, look, now, I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Please let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed for him there and a table and a chair to a lampstand. So it will be whenever he comes by us, he can turn in there. And it happened one day that he came there and he turned into the upper room and lay down there. Then he said to Gehazi, his servant, call the Shunammite woman. When he called her, she stood before him. So here we see Elisha now, again, imparting the grace of God. He is imparting the grace of God, but this time he's going to impart the grace of God by restoring a life that passes away. And it's all set up by him. Elisha is traveling through Shunam where he meets this notable woman. Give you some background here. Shunem is about 20 miles from Elisha's hometown of Abdel-Meholah. It's about 20 to 25 miles between Shuman and Mount Carmel. Remember, Mount Carmel is where Elijah called fire down for the prophets of Baal. It's a most holy place. You come with us to Israel, and they will see that on the first day you get there. We're going to go to Mount Carmel. We'll see that. They even have a fire burning, so like you smell smoke, which is pretty cool. You think, wait a minute here. But if you come with us to Israel, you'll see that. You'll stand on Mount Carmel. But he would go to Mount Carmel from time to time to pray because it was a very holy place. Also, it is believed that after Elijah was taken up by the Lord, that they developed and established a school of the prophets at Mount Carmel. It's believed there was a school there for prophets. So Elijah would pass through this town of Shuman on his way to go to Mount Carmel. Each traveler back then walked on foot mostly, and they covered anywhere from 15 to 20 miles a day. Shuman was perfectly halfway from his hometown to Mount Carmel. So it was a perfect situation. We're not told how many times Elisha comes by or passes when he made his journey, but we're told he's being watched. This notable woman sees him come by all the time. She has a lot of money. She's notable. She has a lot of wealth. It's interesting to me that this notable woman is watching the servant of the Lord traveling back and forth, and she's thinking about him. She's thinking about him. She's watching him as he comes and goes. Normally, a person of her statue wouldn't give this guy the time of day. She wouldn't look at him at all, not even a second glance. But there was something different about this guy. As she watched him drive by, what drive by? As she, <laughs> wrong millennium. I'm sorry, guys. As she watched this, as she watched him go by, she kept on looking at him. There was something different about this guy. She perceived, she says, this is a man of God. He's a man of God. What she's getting is she's getting this beautiful discernment from the Lord. But it was that that she saw him, it made her think of her. What did this lead me to think about it? You claim to be a Christian. You tell people. The people know you're a Christian. Guess what? They're watching you. They're watching every move you make. As a Christian, they're watching every single move you make. Everything you say, everything you do is being watched by someone because you call yourself a Christian. You call yourself someone who believes in Jesus Christ. 
You think you're probably better than me, so I want to see you mess up. I want to see you make that mistake so I can say, aha, and you call yourself a Christian. They're watching you. People watch, and people are waiting. And they may make fun of you, and they may call you names. They may say horrible things about you. But I got news for you. If they believe that you're a Christian, the first time they get in problem, you'll hear somebody, uh, 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 could you pray for me? They'll come to you when trouble comes to them because they're watching you. When people watch you, do they see the love of God? Or do they just see a person who walks by, matches their walk? Does your walk match your talk? Is there a combination there? Somebody once told me that people need to see Jesus in the flesh, and they're looking at us. So following the Lord's lead, this woman finally stops Elisha, and he persuades him to eat some food. And this notable woman, again, she's showing two different gifts. She's showing the gift of discernment, and she's showing the gift of hospitality. She stops and she asks him, a stranger, says, man of God, come on in. She has these things. She even gets her husband to build a little room for the guy so he can kind of hang out. And he has a, a servant named Gehazi. I like that. This woman is showing great kindness to this stranger. A gift that seemed to me neglected sometimes. In fact, Warren Wearsby, a great Bible student, he was called the pastor's pastor, said, quote, it's a neglected ministry and a lost blessing, the gift of hospitality, the gift of entertaining a stranger. What are we told in Hebrews 13 too? Be careful when you entertain strangers. You may be unwittingly entertaining an angel. Ask Abraham and Sarah when the guys came to visit them. Abraham and Sarah, when the guys just showed up, came to visit them. He started running around, cook the meat, get the bread, let's go, hurry up. So this Shunammite woman ministers to her own family and her husband, but she takes opportunities to minister to others. Hospitality is a true gift. It's a gift that we should pray about and we want to receive and we need to use it accordingly. We should show hospitality without partiality. We should show hospitality without complaint. We should be able to do all things as unto the Lord, which is what we just said earlier. In 1 Peter 4.9, it says, we must be hospitable one another without grumbling. Yeah, you can have this. We need to not grumble when we help each other out, when we show hospitality one to another. Again, who are you helping out? Who are you showing it for? Are you showing it because you want to be recognized? Or are you just grumbling? So she shows this hospitality. Let's leave 12 through 18. Then she said to Gehazi, his servant, call the Shunammite woman. When he had called her, she stood before him. And he said to him, say now to her, look, you have been concerned for us with all this care. What can I do for you? Do you want to speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? She answered, I dwell among my own people. So he said, what then is to be done for her? And Gazhazi answered, actually, she has no, uh, no son and her husband is old. So he said, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the doorway. Then he said, about this time next year, you shall embrace the son. And she said, no, my Lord, man of God, do not lie to your maidservant. But the woman conceived and bore a son when the appointed time had come, of which Elisha had told her. And the child grew. Now it happened one day he went out with his fathers to the reapers. So because of this woman showing great kindness to a man of God, God was now going to reward her. God was going to show her kindness. God was going to pour out his grace upon her. 
It's interesting that the scriptures tell that there are rewards for showing kindness to others. Proverbs 14, 21, he who despises his neighbor sins, but he who has mercy on the poor, happy is he or blessed is he. So we see that happiness is a reward for being hospitable to others. In Proverbs 19, 17, we see that the Lord will repay those who have pity on the poor. It says, he who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord, and he, the Lord, will pay him back what he's given. So when you give to the poor, you're actually giving to the Lord. Well, that's scriptural. What did Jesus say? When you gave the cup to the least of these, you gave the cup to me. When you serve the least of people, you're really serving me. Do we have that in our minds? There's also deliverance in time of need, even when considering the poor. Psalm 41, 1 and 2. Blessed is he who considers the poor. The Lord will deliver him in the time of trouble. If you read the great story of Ruth, Boaz says to Ruth in Ruth 2.12, The Lord repay your work, and a full reward be given to you by the Lord of God of Israel, under whose wings you have come for refuge. And we know that the Lord truly blesses Ruth, not only by being the wife of Boaz, but she becomes the mother of Obed, who is the father of Jesse, who is the father of David, who would be the greatest king in the history of Israel. And Ruth is now listed in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. And I just love that. And where did she come from? Can somebody tell me? Moab. She's a Moabitess, and she came from Moab. Jesus says something in Matthew 10, 40 and 42. He who receives me, and he who receives him who sent me. He who receives a prophet in the name of the prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of water in the name of a disciple, assuredly I say to you, by no means will lose his reward. So the Bible is quite clear about the rewards that can be found by showing kindness, by showing love one to another. And as we do this, there's a reward. We don't do it to get a reward. But there are rewards that come by showing the kindness of the Lord, by showing his love. We know the kindness because we have been shown the kindness. We've been shown such kindness by a great and awesome God. How much more kindness can we be shown by his son dying for us, loving us in the midst of our sin? How much more kindness and grace can we receive as he showed us? It's amazing. We show kindness because so much has been given to us. So much has been given to us, so therefore we show kindness one to another. So the Shunammite woman did not show kindness and mercy to the stranger to get a reward, because when she was asked, she replied, I dwell among my own people. She didn't want notoriety. She already was a notable person. She didn't want to dance with kings or sit at their table. She didn't want any of that. She says, I'm content here with my own people. I don't need anything else. She didn't want Elisha to intercede with the great God because she had no desire to be treated like a great person. This is an act of humility. I see a lot of great qualities about this Shunammite woman. She really is a cool lady. She doesn't want to be considered great. She wanted to minister to Elisha and his servant because she wanted to serve the Lord. This was a ministry of love. It was a love ministry. You want to serve the Lord, but you don't know where to begin? Begin by showing kindness. Begin by being kind to the Wawa person who's being mean to you. Be, begin by showing kindness to the gas station attendant, to somebody who does this, to somebody who does that. Begin by just being kind. A simple hello. 
How's your day with a smile? Instead of demanding, be kind to people. Be kind to your server at a restaurant. Don't treat them like they're second class or third class citizens. Tip them well, because they work hard for the money. There's no song there. Don't go there. Show kindness. Be hospitable. Sharing the abundance of what was given to you. Remember the kindness that was given to you? Just share it back. Lord has given me so much, I have to share back with you. I've got to give back to you. But Elijah finds out through his servant Gehazi, I love that name, that the woman has no child, specifically a son, and this was important. The prophet predicts that the woman will bear a son at the same time a year from then. Very similar to Abraham and Sarah in Genesis 18. Abraham and Sarah entertained strangers, showing them kindness and hospitality, and one of them predicted that she would have a son. We know that the son would be Isaac, the son of promise. Another attribute of this woman is she's extremely respectful. She shows the proper respect for the servant. When he calls her, she doesn't go into his room. She stands at the door. It shows respect for what's going on. The woman shows many godly attributes. And she's being guessed. But don't forget, her husband is being blessed too. Her husband is reaping the benefits of her blessings. Oh, guys, the action of our godly wives are blessing us. This husband has no son. We're not told why. But to not have a son in this culture was not a good thing. Being barren in this culture was looked down upon, talked about, and being mean to. No heir, no namesake to carry on, not anyone to look after the wife if something should happen to him. A godly woman is a treasure. And yes, husbands can be blessed by the actions of their godly wife. It's the actions of the godly wife which led me to Christ and a complete blessing. It was the action of my godly wife who led me to Christ. If it hadn't been for her actions, I'd have never found Jesus Christ. I believe. Charm and beauty fade over the years, but a woman who walks with the Lord seeks to please him, that beauty will never fade. That beauty lasts forever. A woman who prays and reads God's word and seeks to obey the Lord has a radiant glow about her and her husband is drawn to her and a godly wife is truly a gift from God. So this woman does indeed bear a son as predicted and God's grace brings forth new life for her. There's no life existed. She was barren, but God's grace brings forth new life. And isn't this his strong suit bringing forth new life? God loves to take that which was dead and make it alive. God loves to take the barren womb and give birth. God loves to restore relationships, whether it be man and a woman or friends, family, whatever. God loves to take those things that were dead and make them alive again. That's his strong suit. Resurrection is God's strong suit. And he wants to do that for all of us. He wants to restore the years the locusts have eaten. He wants to give you back the years that have been gone away from your family members who have abandoned you, from your kids who have left you. He wants to restore those years because he loves you. He wants to give you them. He wants to show you those things because he's a great and awesome God. You are We'd love to keep studying the Word of God with you again next time on Assure Hope. In the meantime, we invite you to learn more about this program by visiting our website, assurehoperadio.com. There, you'll find our archive of previous messages from Pastor Dave Shank, available to listen to and even share with your friends and family. 
Just look under the Messages tab. You can listen to additional teachings from this series in 2 Kings or jump to another book of the Bible. A Sure Hope is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cape May. If you're not already connected to a church family, we'd love for you to join us this weekend. We meet weekly, Sundays at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. We'd be happy to get to know you and hear about your story. Find all the information you need by visiting assurehoperadio.com. Look on our website for directions as well as the various ministries that we offer. If you live further away or are unable to come in person, we'd love for you to be a part of our church family virtually. You can join us for church online through Facebook Live and on YouTube. Just follow the links that are available at assurehoperadio.com. Don't forget to like and subscribe to keep up to date with the latest information. As this edition comes to a close, we want you to know we're grateful you're a part of our listening audience. Make sure to join us again next time for more from 2 Kings, where Pastor Dave will pick up where he left off. We look forward to that time with you again as you continue to learn and grow here on Assure Hope.